God bless. Good to be here. Today's message, theme for today's message is just one word, unsurmountable. Unsurmountable. If you know what that means, sometimes in life we have challenges that seem unsurmountable, difficult to deal with and difficult to overcome. And all the directions and guidance is found, I believe, through God's counsel, God's word. So if you've reached a place, a crossroad in your life that you do not know how to move forward, I believe today's message is for you. Praise God. As we seek his counsel, he's leading to move forward. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to, it's good to reflect also and see what, what is God saying to us. And do we believe God really speaks? You know, I've got a lot of books here. I'm, I'm navigating through. I don't know which one to go over. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Before I come to the word, uh, Friday we were speaking on the book of Revelation. As you know, we haven't really transmitted it or put it through the streaming because sometimes people misunderstand. You say something and they take a different perspective of it. They listen to the word and they fit it within the context of their preconceptions. And sometimes people, after I've ministered the word, share with me and what I've said is completely misconstrued. They've perhaps misunderstood the layer, the way it was uh, intended to be ministered. And so we, so if anyone has any questions about the ministries and the word of God, always feel free to come and speak to us. We're all approachable, you know, accessible, so you can make contact. And if you have any questions, please ask. You ask and it will be answered. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Seek and you will find. You know, we, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship, it's a two-way street. A relationship is two-way street, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. It's not a one-way street, it's a two-way street. You know, we're talking together and we, we listen. And listening is very much a big part of learning. We all need to have a time of stepping, being still, listening and thinking about, don't be too premature running ahead. Sometimes things are not, we hear something, we don't always understand it clearly. And then it takes time to process it. And then we say, yeah, that's what, that's what it actually means. And sometimes our views change in life when we sit down and reflect upon the situations. Our, our opinions change. We have a change of opinion when we have the full information. You know, so just always be, be still. Be, do not be quick to respond. Slow to speak. Quick to hear. Slow to speak. And then you'll be wiser for it and blessed. Amen. It's great blessings with the things of God. And so today's message is the theme, the one word, unsurmountable. Have you ever encountered a situation that you felt difficult or it was impossible? You felt it was impossible to navigate or overcome the challenge. But praise God, the fact that you're here today is that you've overcome every challenge you've had in life, that you could be here. And sometimes... Is dead end, and God makes a way, He shows us a way when we feel there's no way. So, I want to read a few verses and just draw from the Word of God, learn the lessons from the Scripture, the Word of God, because everything I believe is here. And the first portion of Scripture I want to read is Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. If we stand for these readings, this is Matthew 17, chapter 17, verse 20, 21. And I always encourage you when you go home, always read the chapter 
get a context to it, where it's drawn from, what's around it, the backdrop to this, these words that are, we're going to read now. It says, now, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Praise God for his words. Stay there, lest they stand in. Praise God. Let me just move now to uh, Matthew 21, verse 21. He reads as follows. Uh, so Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith do not, and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Praise God. And my final reading before we come to expound upon the word is taken from um, Matthew 15, verse 29 and verse 31. Jesus departed from the skirted the Sea of Galilee and went up on the mountain and sat down. Then verse 30, then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them, praise God. And the last verse, so the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seen, and they glorified God, uh, the God of Israel. Please take your seats. God bless you. Interesting how the two first verses speak, and there's many other references. We could be here all day looking at the references, but just draw a few out for us. Speaks about there are mountains, but there's a way to deal with the mountains, and he encourages them to have faith and do not doubt. And whatever challenges we have, we can overcome. And that the disciples were looking through the eyes of their lens and the eyes of their limitation, and God removes that limitation, says that all things are possible unto those who believe. So do not be limited by your own limit, limitations and also by your own reference point of your past and your experiences. Because your experiences are one thing, but God sees from a different viewpoint. Amen. So don't just hold yourself back because things didn't work out before. It doesn't mean they cannot work out now. There is, there is always a way forward according to the word of God. And so reading here that he says, if you have faith, you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it will be done for you. And, but Jesus, did he ever cast an actual mountain into the sea? A physical mountain. Did he ever do that? Did you see, have you have a reference in the Bible that God Jesus himself said to this mountain, be, be uprooted and be thrown into the sea? Uh, so what does he mean about this mountain? Because we create mountains out of molehills. We take small things and we go over them, regurgitate and we amplify them, we magnify them and they become unsurmountable and become impossibilities for us to move forward and we can't get over these mountains which more, more often than not these mountains are representative of ourselves. We cannot get over ourselves because we regurgitate, we look at it in one way, we look at it in another way and you know the two slip um, experiment uh, uh, we saw last week and the week before is the way we're looking at saying change the way you see things, don't look at the world through other people's eyes and don't look at the world through what the media says how you need to look at the world, detach yourself from that and do something very important as Paul teaches us. Have this mind which was in Christ Jesus. Look at the world through the eyes, the lens of God's spirit. It changes everything. 
And you won't have time to be preoccupied with the distractions. You can look out through the eyes of God. You see the possibilities that God is presenting to us. Because in the, in the face of adversity, opportunities manifest. You know, gold refines fire. So if there's, if there's some pressure around you, there's a refining process taking place. God is in the business. God is on the move and doing things in our lives. We've just got to be a part of that process and let him do his thing in our lives to take away the chuff from our lives and refine us because it's not, God does not want to consume you. He wants to refine you. You know, that we become like the burning bush. There's a fire of, of the Shekinah presence of the glory of God. The disciples were in the upper room and there was a mighty wind and tongues like fire came upon them. Tongues of fire was lighting upon them and the Holy Spirit filled them. And what was God doing in their lives? He was refining them. He was teaching them how to speak in a different vocabulary, in a different language that they spoke before. I wish I'm speaking to so when God comes into your life, he will teach you and guide you how you should speak, how you should respond, not react, and be better for you and better for people around you. Because you become that example. You know, knowledge puffs up, love edifies. Love fills you information. Love weighs you, uh, knowledge fills you with information. Knowledge overwhelms you, weighs you down. But love edifies you. Love liberates you. Love empowers you. Love sets you free. And that's where we're coming to this morning. You leave today free. If there's anything concerning you, troubling you today, I pray you're going to leave here a free person, a blessed person, a transformed person. That in your transformation, other people will have the permission to be transformed. That your light will shine and say to other people, you know what? I can change, you can change. I'm no better than anyone else. And that's where we want to be in that place. That we want to let God do his thing in our lives, praise God. Do not be anxious. Just give it to God, praise God. Interesting. So he says, if you have this faith, things, things happen. But interesting, the, the last portion of scripture we read in, in Matthew 15, verse 29, Jesus, we're told, now he doesn't speak about moving the mountain, he speaks about climbing the mountain. So we've got to differentiate the mountains we want to move and the mountains we need to climb. Amen. Come on, let's, let's learn the lessons. You know, we need to learn what are the mountains we need to climb uh, as opposed to the mountains we need to pray to be moved. And we need to know how to use the things in the right way. Sometimes we try to move mountains we, we, we need to climb. Hallelujah, praise God. And we climb mountains that we need to move. Now you get this. You get this when you get home for the people seeing them. They've probably got it before you. Yeah, it's, it's very important. Interesting. Because, that, you know, he speaks about moving mountains. But you see, in, in Matthew chapter 17, uh, verse 1, watch this. Uh, it says this. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a mountain by themselves. So now Jesus himself is taking them up on a mountain. Why? It's a big effort to climb the mountain. He takes them up on a mountain. Sometimes there's an effort to come to an understanding the importance of something in your life. It's not always obvious. When it's neology, it needs to be prayed about, thought about, reflected upon. And then once you reflect it, thought about it, then you can act upon it. But don't act. Some people shoot, then they ask questions. That's reactive. That's instinct. So you just it's f uh, fight or flight. 
You don't think about what's happening. You just want to get out of the situation. And you don't you sometimes there's a lesson there. You miss the lesson because you've, 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 you've run, run ahead of yourself. And you've done more damage than good. You're like a bull in a china shop. You smashed everything up. And then you say, oh, my God, I didn't realize. So is that what you meant? Because we have preconceptions, how people react to us. If we have negative reactions as we grow up in life, we think that everyone's going to be negative, and we go, that's the mantra we go by. That's the psychology, that's the way we look at the world. If, if we've had the life, challenges in life, we think everyone doesn't like us. Or everyone wants, uh, there's something about everyone wants to, in some way, take advantage of us. And we're suspicious of everyone. And God is saying, be still, learn from me. And I'll help you navigate this, what is happening. And I'll show you what's really going on, really. Because some people, the people who really love us, we think they hate us because sometimes they try to be constructive criticism in our lives. And we think they don't like us because they keep correcting us. But some people actually criticize us because they don't like us. But what, what is the difference? What is the outcome these two parties want for our lives? We've got to understand the difference. Not everyone who corrects you doesn't like you. Yeah? So we need to, we need to put in a, in a particular context. So we see here he takes them up on a mountain. But had they not made the effort to ascend this mountain as opposed to want to move the mountain, because in the same chapter, he tells them about moving mountains. In the same chapter. No soon does this happen that later on he says to them in, in verse 20, 17, Matthew 7, chapter 17, verse 20. This is what he says to them. He says to them, uh, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for I sure to say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, uh, move from here to there. But before this, he said, let's climb the mountain. <laughs> so you're going to know what mountain you need to climb and what mountain you need to pray to remove from your lives the mountain might be a representation of a relationship you have that you need to remove there's something negative about there's there's a toxicity about the environment you're in and sometimes if the mountain doesn't move you have to move yeah so if you can't this mountain won't move you've got to move there's in the old testament they were around skirting around the mountain for too long it says you've been too long going around this mountain the mountain's not going to move you need to move away from the mountain Get it, you've been there too long. Yes. And there's mountains, we, 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 we're around too long around these mountains, whatever they might be. It might even be a career. You know, so over the years, how many people I, I, I've encountered who work in a, in a job they don't like, work for people that they feel, you know, resentful about, and they keep wanting, I, I hate this job, I hate being here, I hate coming there. So why do you keep going there? <laughs> yes. 20 years later, I can't stand this job. And you're still there. And you, well, you may just like complaining. So the, you need to know the mountains you move from, the mountains you climb. You know, and so you need, you need to understand, the, pray against whatever. It, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. It's powerful, powerful imagery, this powerful imagery praise God so we see so Jesus uh, so he sends the mountain and they have the, as in the first verse of this chapter we see them ascending the mountain and you know God God wants us to look through his eyes at situation and interestingly when he climbed he took the disciples up on the mountain as we read in Matthew chapter 17 they led him three of them the rest probably lethargic, procrastinating at the foot of the mountain, they didn't have the trans transfiguration experience. Do you want to see a transfiguration? Make an effort. He could have transfigured himself at the foot of the mountain. He didn't choose to do this. 
He could have midway. He didn't choose to do this. He went to the pinnacle of the mountain. And there he revealed something about his identity. And if you want to know who Jesus Christ is, you've got to work it in prayer. And he'll reveal himself. He'll reveal his glory in and through your life. And you reflect that in the world. Who wants to reflect Christ, who wants to reflect Christ in the world? Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, imitate me just as I imitate uh, Christ. So if we want to be Christ, we need to work with him. We need to that relate that connection with him. Internal, esoteric connection. Paul goes further to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, he says, look, if you want this to be a reality that you want to imitate Christ, something has to be changed about you, that you need to examine yourself as to whether you're in a faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? He says that's how you get to imitate him, that he's got to be in you and you give him authority over your life. Yeah, There's joy with the Lord. When he's in your life, you're free. There's a peace that you can't even, there's no English vocabulary or any language that can explain that peace that God gives in the depth of your heart when he's, he's enthroned in your heart. Praise God. There's no word to describe it because it's not a human, it's not human experience. It's a spiritual experience. The human vocabulary does not have the capacity to express and explain the joys of the truly. It's got to be felt, not not given a dissertation about. Write me a dissertation about how what your joy. How can I explain my joy when I feel it? You cannot feel it. You can watch it. You cannot feel it. If you've never been in a storm on a ship. You cannot describe it. You can hear about it, but you know the emotions that are connected to being in the turbulence in an aeroplane going up and down? Some of you may, because you... But you know those experiences on that storm? And it's the same with the Spirit of God. Unless you have that experience, it's difficult to explain it, to describe it. It's undescribable. Hallelujah, praise God. So you see, so... He, it's, he, he leads the disciples on the mountain. He said, three of them follow him. How much do you want to ascend that mountain with the Lord? That will be reflected in the effort you put. That's, that's what it comes to at the end of the day. When we want to do something in the world, we put our effort in it. We put our time in it. We put our finances in it. Because we want it. That's how much we want it. But yet we say with our mouth, we confess, we want God, we want, we want to change the world, we want the world a better place. But we don't put the same effort in that as we put when we want to do worldly things. If we want to buy material property, we put our finances, we go, we do a business plan, we do all these things. If we want to uh, uh, get a career, we study, we spend years in universities to study, to get qualified, to do this kind of career, to, to, be, to be qualified to do these whatever work we want to do, whatever uh, subject. But with God, we, we do up to a certain extent, and that's lovely. But sometimes there is one step more, it's one step beyond, that we sometimes are not prepared because we feel it's a great more than we want, that we want to give to get what we, we believe we need to get. You get that, perhaps? So, so Jesus is saying to the disciples, come on. But only three of them went up the mountain. Isn't that amazing? There was 12 of them, and only three went up with him on the mountain. Jesus, it doesn't say Jesus will reject them, but we're told, let me just chapter 17, verse 1. And this is, and the one he takes up with him, 
This is interesting because in chapter 16, the one he takes up with him on the mountain of transfiguration, he says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and the one that he took with him was Peter. And if you recall in chapter 16, Jesus rebukes him and offends him. He says, get thee behind Satan. Can you imagine if Peter got offended, he wouldn't have had this outcome. And sometimes we need to hold back our offense and our, and, our, and our feelings and emotions in a situation and say, Lord, I need to learn the lesson. Why have you spoken to me or, 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 or I've encountered whatever I'm encountering? What was the reason behind this? Is there something I need to learn? He rebuked him. Very stern. He said, get thee behind Satan. And yet by next, by the next chapter, according as it's broken down, he's one of them he takes on the pinnacle of the mountain. Wow. But if Peter got offended or Simon Barjana got offended, he would not have experienced, been privileged to experience this amazing event of Christ revealing his divine Shekinah presence. So don't, the lesson is don't be too quickly offended. Be still and know that he's God. So he takes them up and they follow him up. Then by, as we come to the end of the chapter, we discover he speaks about another mountain. He says, if you have faith and do not doubt, you say to this mountain, be cast, be removed, and it will move. Be out of your presence, praise God. So there's different ways we deal with the mountains. So let's, let's, let's recap for you, for your homework. There are some mountains that we have to do what? Climb. Say with me, climb. Let's do some American preaching. Then there's other mountains we need to remove, yeah, remove, okay? And there are other mountains we need to move away from. You need to know the difference. But interestingly, in chapter 15, this is why I use this chapter, Matthew 15, verse 29. Interestingly, um, this time he ascends the mountain, and not only the three disciples are with him, but people follow him up on the mountain, yeah. In 1529, this was, Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. So he went on the mountain. When you're going out of a mountain, you're going up. It's harder to go up than to come down. There's an effort to go up, less an effort to come down. Let's just slide and you're falling. You can hurt yourself more coming down than going up. Do you know that? Yeah? A free fall, that's right, rolling. So... But what happens is, this is, this is for me, this, this gets me, this verse. People read these verses, but don't stop to think, this really gets me, this next what happens here. This really, really impacts me and moves me to see what's going on around Jesus when he ascends the mountain. And I look at the world that we're living in, our generation, people have lost sight of of, of their spiritual values. Verse 30, look, watch this, what happens here. Now I want you to think about this. Let's go to verse 30. It says, then great multitudes came to him. Oh, let's see what's happening. He ascends the mountain, and many people follow him, come to him. Multitudes, it says. Perhaps droves in their thousands followed this young Jewish man as he had climbed the mountain. They had their livelihoods, they had their work, they had their families, but they put everything aside to follow. Not only do they follow him up the mountain, watch this, watch this. It says, having with them, 
the lame, the blind, the mute, the maim. Wow, one second. He's up on the mountain. You can look. The lame, the blind, the maimed, people who couldn't walk and make the effort themselves, implication, they carried them with them up the mountain. The people were helpless that they were helping. They were helpless and they were helping the helpless to come to Jesus up on the mount, going up. The effort to take them up is harder than bringing them down. It wasn't a level plane, it was an ascent. And they made the effort to bring these people to Jesus. It doesn't say how high the mountain was. We barely make an effort to give someone invitation to come to church, let alone carry them to church. The mountain of the church, a city set on a hill, cannot be hid because the church is the mountain because it takes effort to come to the mountain of the presence of God. And not only did they come themselves, they brought the lame, the blind, the mute, the maim, and many others. And what they laid them down at Jesus' feet. Wow, can you imagine? In, in, in Mark chapter 2 verse 1, it says that four men... It was in Capernaum, the city of comfort, the village of comfort. And they brought four men, brought a man carried on, on, a, on a bed. And they couldn't get in the house because of the selfishness of people that wouldn't make way for them to get to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus himself, not only that, Jesus himself would not come out to see them, knowing that they were coming because he wanted them to show their effort, their faith to get to Jesus. How life will be complete. I know a man called Jesus. I pray and I know you know the, the fact that you're here, you know a man called Jesus. There's, he is, he is re more real than you and I. No, none of us have changed the world history. Not one here will we'll pass over. The world will still remain the same. Calendars will still remain the same. Values will still remain the same. Laws will still remain the same. None of us will change history. One man, 2,000 years ago, changed history as it was known. There must be something different about this man than you and I. So if he changed history, there must be something more real about him than you and I. Because the calendars have changed because of this man. Hallelujah. So if you believe in this man, make an effort to climb the mountain. Make an effort to get to Jesus. But don't just go for your selfish, self-absorbed selfishness. Take someone else with you up that mountain. It might take an effort. It might cost you financially. It might cost you time-wise. But take someone up on that mountain. Because as they're healed, you'll be healed. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed because... Back in the day in this nation, on Sunday, there was no shop opened. Back in the day, every church was packed. Every corner, church was overspilling. There were more people than there were churches. The churches couldn't contain them. Now you go to church, thank God our church, but there's revival in our ministry. And for you, God bless you. But look around you. Churches are empty, becoming museums. Because they've lost sight. Preachers are not preaching who this man is. 
change everything. As I said, we'll pass over. A few of our families will, 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 will mourn for us, will cry for us perhaps. But in time, it's just become a distant memory. This man has changed everything. Hallelujah. And so forth, he, he merits us to come and make the effort to ascend that mountain to see him. And sometimes that mountain is our disbelief. Our doubts become our mountains. Our doubts become our mountains. Our distractions become our mountains. Our desires and our delights become our mountains. Uh, our friends sometimes become our mountains. Our families sometimes become our mountains. Jesus' brothers were trying to become the mountains to stop him fulfilling his purpose because they did not believe in him. But as long as you believe in yourself, you're going to get, you're going to ascend the mountain and get to where God wants you to be. Believe it, receive it. This is the Lord that we proclaim every day, not just on a Sunday, every day. Hallelujah, praise God. Be real with your faith. Let me just read the next verse. This is powerful, watch this. So the multitudes marveled when they saw the mute speaking. You know, there are many mutes around us, but before we can experience that, we need to be able to speak for ourselves. We need to... We need to proclaim his glory. We need to glorify him. And when you start glorifying and praising, you don't, it's not always necessary words. It's actions, mindset, disposition. You give glory to God. Hallelujah. It says, uh, uh, so the mute speaking. Let's start speaking. Sharing the love of God into the world. There's all this bad news. But no, I'm not focused on the bad news. I'm focused on the good news. There is hope. Praise God. There, are, there, 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 there is goodness in the world. It's not just all negative. There all are good things in the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Speaking. And the main made whole. We may be moving physically, but we need to start moving spiritually. The lame walking. Walking in a true sense, acknowledging your surroundings. Walking in power. In confidence having your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Actually, we're walking, but we're not getting anywhere. We're going around in circles. We end up back in the same place. We revisit the same places all the time. I need to move further away from there. Move away. The lame walking, the blind scene. You now we say, well, I see. Jesus said, those who have ears to hear, hear. Or in Revelation, hear what the Spirit is saying. Those who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. And the thing is that we all have ears. Have you got ears? Have you got ears? It's obvious, Jesus, they all got ears. Those who have ears to hear, hear. But it's the inner ear, the spiritual ear. That's how we need to be listening to the Spirit. Truth is parallel. We have a physical ear, we have a spiritual ear. Let's start listening to the Spirit of God. Because if we knew the love God has for each one, you know when God, there's a passionate message, you know, and it, and it really, really, it, it's, the volume is very high. It's not because God wants to destroy. God wants our attention. Yeah? He wants our attention so we can respond to what, he, what he's saying to us. And he says, all these things took place, and they, what their response was glorifying uh, the God of Israel. 
They gave glory to God. But the, the interesting is sometimes it's good to give glory to God before the outcome. That's better than giving glory to God after the outcome. Oh, praise God. In, in, in Matthew chapter 8 verse 1, watch this. It says, uh, verse, uh, and when he came down from the mountain. So sometimes people cannot always ascend the mountain. So sometimes he gets up and comes down the mountain to meet us. So it's, we, 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 can, we can ascend the mountain. Yeah, we can ask the mountain to be removed. We can move away from the mountain. But we can stand at the foot of the mountain and wait for him to come down to us from the mountain. Yeah, praise God. Amazing, isn't it? So God will meet us in any, any position. And even if we, have, we, we hadn't had the effort to climb the mountain, he comes down the mountain. Yeah, and what happens when he comes down the mountain? Verse 2. And behold, the leper came and worshipped him. Now a leper came and worshipped him before anything was done. And Jesus saying, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Before he's cleansed, he's worshipping uh, Jesus. The Greek word is broskini, uh, 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 meaning to actually prostrate in front of him. And that's the only type of worship that's directed to God. There's other types of worship in the scripture, Greek words for worship, that are of respect to, to a human dignity or a friend or fam. But the only one word that's directed to God that Satan wanted when he tried to ask Jesus to worship him at the time of the temptation. Jesus did not worship God. You, do not, you only worship God and serve him only. You can read that in, 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 in the Synoptic Gospels. Here he worked proski, he says, and worshipped him. The Greek word Geidu lepros elthon proskini afton legiri ean thelis dinese me gatharise to get, make me clean. The word gatharise is the root word for gathari, is the root word for clean, to clean me. It was a leper. Yeah. So worship sometimes comes before any outcome. So in spite of whether the outcome is there or not, we worship him. And if there's nothing happened as a result of that worship, just be still. Because there's still within that, there's a lesson to learn. There's a lesson to learn. Because if we do what we did, we're going to get what we got. And sometimes the, God's delays are not his denials, but God gives opportunity to think and reflect. The thing is we don't reflect a lot of the time. We don't meditate a lot of the time. And we're not really fully praying from the dead. We get distracted and our praise surface and not really deep prayer. We have the, the mind uh, worship and praise. We don't have the heart and the spirit or soul worship. Yeah, the different layers, types of worship we can have. We can worship from our head intellectually, but sometimes we're going to worship in the spirit. And that's what we need to learn. I will encourage you to learn the difference between these type of praise and worship. Learn the difference. Because one, you are fully in control. The other God steps in and helps you through it. See, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, Paul makes this statement. Please listen. I really wish I could just drop this into your spirit, download into your spirits. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So you've got to sometimes let go and say, you know what? I can't work it out. What do I pray for? I can't work it out. Lord, I need help. I even need help to pray. I even need help to speak to you. I even need help to understand how to speak to you. 
So what do I do? Be still. <laughs> Psalm 46 verse 10. Watch, let me just quickly go there. It says, so I don't know what to say. So what do I say? What? Be still. And know that I'm God. Just be still. If you don't know what to be your stillness is a prayer. Your silent prayer speaks louder sometimes than your words. Come on, I wish, am I speaking to the right people today? I want to encourage you, because I want you to leave you here excited. I want you to leave here liberated. I want you here to deal with all these different type of mountains. Some of you, you've got to go to Sports Direct and get some climbing shoes. Mountain boots. When you leave here today, go and get some mountain boots. God is wonderful, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, he says, I'll be, I'll be exalted among nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. And the greatest place he needs to be exalted, because the Lord's Prayer makes it clear. He says, I'll be exalted in the earth. The Greek word, entiye. I'll be exalted in the earth. He says, be still. The prerequisite for that exaltation is stillness. Come on. Work it out, work it out. The prerequisite, I want to say this again for you to get it. If you want to write it, write it. You want to see it later on the archives, see it later in the archives. The prerequisite for, exalt, to be, for that exaltation to take place in the earth is being still. M- Matthew chapter 9 verse 6 says this. Sorry, 5 verse 6, uh, verse 9 says this. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We need to have a peaceful disposition. Be still. Don't be troubled. Don't have trouble. Do not become a troublemaker. But be still and know that he's God. And in that stillness, you give God permission, space for him to move. Because you're not doing it. You're letting him move in and through your lives. Be excited. You know we're preparing for our Easter uh, play, uh, Passover plays, wonderful, and it always impacts people. And so many people who hear about it want to come this year and see it. People from the community, people in government positions uh, want to come along. Uh, people from all walks of life want to come and see this play. Because we're not acting, we're living it. It's not a performance, it's a way, expression of a way of life, or what our faith is translated through that action. It's a sermon. Yeah, it's a difference from being Hollywood. It's an actual sermon, praise God. What we're, what we're sharing out, praise And as I carry on, before I finish, I want to ask Dom to get me my, because I want to I wanna brighten up your day today, and I want to play something for you if Dom's going to sing it for us. Is that okay? You give us permission to do that? Dom will bring the... The guitar before we finish the day. Amen. Praise God. Excited times. I want to leave you here excited. Okay. Do I? Praise God. Um, I hope, I, I hope it, that's, that's the reality. Let me go to Matthew 9, 9, 6 now. Matthew chapter 9, verse 6, very quickly. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth. To forgive sins. He says, he says, the word here for earth is years. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, go to your, and go to your house. The word of God has power. In the earth. 
And what is that earth we're talking about here? It's your hearts. His power to do things in your hearts, to change you from within. Give him that permission. Please, I would encourage you, give God that permission that he will impact your lives in, 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 in a way that you, you'll leave and you say, my goodness, God moves in ways that I didn't even realize that could be a possibility for me. You're going to be transformed. You're going to be renewed. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be empowered. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let me just finish off with just a few things and we're going to lift a little song and I want you to get up with me and really be excited today. In the Old Testament, when uh, there was battle, there was adversity, there was challenges, there was opposition, there was things that seemed unsurmountable, what the first thing they did, they petitioned God. The wise went to God for directions because their, their conventional weapons, their way of thinking was futile in the face of the opposition because always in the Old Testament, you'll always notice that God's people are always outnumbered. The ratio is, is, is and the odds are always against God's people. You see it from Gideon, you see it from different examples in the, from Jehoshaphat or the Moab and everyone coming. You see multitudes coming against a small number. And always God calls his church the little flock. We see that the ratio is always greater against God's people. The odds are always against them. Even feeding the 5,000 men plus women and children, there was only five loaves of bread and two fish. And yet he, he met the need of all those people because prayer changes everything. Connection to God changes everything. But another important element with that was that if you look to Chronicles chapter 20, don't read it now because it's another sermon in itself and we don't have the time because it's match day today as well. Okay, so uh, basically what did Jehoshaphat do? He called a fast. He said, let's fast and pray. When the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of the young man, the boy who was demon-possessed, and they asked him, why couldn't we do it? And he responded and said to them, this type of miracle only comes about through prayer and fasting. So sometimes you have to even dig deeper in our prayer closets in order to have the outcome in the arena. Yeah. So it's what we do ourselves impacts what happens around our lives. And most importantly, in our prayer closet, uh, and, our, and where we're praying in our secret place, it more changes us, it will change us more than it will change our surroundings. Yeah, so, so bear that in mind when, you, when you're thinking about these things, bear, bear these truths in mind, praise God, amen. So today I want to encourage you, there's mountains you've got to climb. There's mountains you've got to move away from. You need to just work it out. Praise the Lord. What do I have to move away from to give me freedom? There are mountains you pray against. Speak to them. There's power in the word. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Be cast into the place of divine appointment. You need to speak to them. You need to make that confession in the spiritual realm. The dimensions they can hear your prayer. People may think you're mad, but it doesn't matter. You're praying by faith. Yeah? Praise the Lord. So today is going to be a brand new day for you. And I want to sing this. We're going to see what Dom's going to sing a song about brand new day. Listen to the words and we're going to rejoice. Let's all stand together. Praise God.